Hello and welcome to the Personal Arrogance Podcast, episode number 111. I am your host, Jesse, the terrible treble Wilson. And with me, as always, is... Eric, the Basie Walquist. Count Basie himself. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm I'm a little... It's getting colder. It is getting colder. The weather is freezing. I feel like it's been a good Washington summer, though. I've been very oh, satisfied. Uh, how how quickly we forget, Jesse. Now, we, we <laughs> were nearing, you know, for those of you who don't live in Washington, Washington, we were nearing a record of days without rain in Washington State. Nearing it. We almost got there, but we didn't quite get there. Uh, but even with that long drought, we're still six inches above average on our annual rainfall. Like, people don't remember how crappy July and June and May were. They were awful. That's true. Yeah. I mean, uh, summer doesn't start till August here. I know. And plus, we usually we get, like, that week of 100-degree weather. We really didn't get that this year. I'm okay with that. I don't need that. You have that usually have that week where you can't sleep because you're so sweaty. And then Eric- your bed becomes a sweat tent, and it starts raining on you because of the condensation. <laughs> and then you get cold, but you're still hot. And then you have a fever dream. It's um well, here's something to look forward to. Uh-huh. If if you're ever um with a woman who's expecting in the middle of summer, their mm. bodies literally turn into incubators. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, they they got to warm up the baby. It's crazy. So like if you share a bed, I mean probably even the same in the winter. That that uh-huh. bed gets hot. See, that's why you got to incubate over the winter. I feel like that's that is a pro move. It is a pro I, move. Early recommendation. Yeah. Plan your pregnancy <laughs> for winter, the winter months. That's that's going to come up on the Pro Daddy podcast, how to be a pro dad. <laughs> exactly. Uh <laughs> So I guess I guess we should dedicate this episode to somebody. I'm getting really excited because I'm an episode I'm going to dedicate this episode to Chris Hansen. Oh yeah. Not a, not Chris Hansen of NBC to catch a predator fame. Chris Hansen, the owner and uh, and champion of the new arena that's being built in Seattle to uh, to install a NBA franchise and quite possibly an NHL franchise in. Yeah, because, I, I heard. I kind of heard a little bit about this, but I'm not totally in the know. Well, basically, the city council approved the measure, which means that it's going through. Um, Who is this guy, though? He's just an investment guy. He's like a billionaire from San Francisco, but he grew up in Seattle. Uh-huh. And he wants to own an NBA team, and he wants to bring a team back to Seattle, and I'm all for it. But, you know, it's it's all great. The city council approved it. You know, it might get a, it might come to a vote if people get enough signatures next year, but I doubt it will. I think we're, so it's, things are looking great, and this is all great, but this isn't why I'm dedicating it to him. I'm dedicating it to him because in celebration of this, he decided he's going to buy a beer. For every for all the supporters. So tomorrow, if you go to FX McCrory's between five and seven, it's free beer on Chris Hansen. This sounds like the biggest to catch a predator sting <laughs> operation in history. <laughs> They're doing the double fake out by they making are. you by just saying that it's Chris Hansen, but then that the fake out is that. It's actually Chris Hansen, but they're faking right. you out by thinking that it's not. It's a double fake out. It's a double fake out. You're absolutely correct. I was I was watching. So Chris Hansen, you know, he doesn't just do the, to catch a predator anymore. Now I'm talking about NBC's Chris Hansen. He also does this show where he goes around and uh, gives scratch tickets. Like people, he has these undercover officers. They go to the convenience stores, give scratch tickets to the. Uh, people behind the counter and ask them to check them for them. And then the scratch tickets are worth like $5,000 or whatever. And then they see if the people behind the counter steal them. Weird. If they do, then they arrest them. To scratch a predator. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's very catchy. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Man, Chris Hansen is sneaky. He just he just snuck, he just snuck right into the dedication for this week. Yeah, he's got his fingers in a lot of pies. That's true. Um, <laughs> so just we'll leave it at that. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave that one. We'll let that one be. That's a fill in your joke here. Uh, but uh, Jesse, what are you drinking this week? Eric, 
Well, as you mentioned, the the, uh, the autumnal months are approaching. True that, and I'm yo. taking that as an opportunity to uh, drink a, a style of ale that I used to turn my nose upon. What's that? But I'm coming around on it, and that's the pumpkin ale. Oh my god, are you serious, dude? What? I feel like pumpkin ale is like... that. You just totally betrayed our solidarity. Are you are you a non pumpkin drinker? I am a non flavored beer drinker. Yeah, I mean it's gimmicky, but I mean it only comes around once a year. If they if they were trying to like push the pumpkin on me all year long, I would totally reject it. But yeah, uh, since it's only you know one season a year, and it's a short season, it's not like the winter beers that are out earlier and stay out later every year. It is a short season. It's a very niche thing. And also, I'm going to tell you something that I learned. What's that? That helps uh, enhance my experience of the pumpkin ale. Mm-hmm. A, a good pumpkin ale is not an ale flavored with pumpkin. A good pumpkin ale is a ale that's trying to recreate pumpkin pie. Uh-huh. So you need to flavor it with the cinnamon and uh, try and get like the crusty flavors out of the yeast and... Really make it like a pumpkin pie experience, not just shoving pumpkin in your ale. You are totally losing me with this. <laughs> it's supposed to taste like pumpkin pie, not just oh pumpkin. Oh, my God. To just eat pumpkin pie. It's not that hard. But it's I, I'm kind of liking it. Well, mm. anyway, the one I'm drinking is the Great Pumpkin by Elysian, and it's good, man. It's an imperial. Uh, I don't know what the ABV is. An imperial is. pumpkin ale? Yeah, it's 8%, oh but it, it doesn't taste boozy at all. It's smooth, it's pumpkin-y, it's worth a shot, it's got cinnamony, and you can taste some of the, like, crusty, bready kind of esters from the yeast as well, it's good. Flavored beer, man, I can't do it. Well, I'm Come drinking, on. I'm <laughs> drinking the Ovila Dubel from, uh, it's brewed and bottled by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, it's their, uh, it's in collaboration with the Abbey of New Clairvaux, it is a delicious beer, it's an Abbey-style ale. And I got it from uh, my friend who works at Whole Foods. Nice. It's delicious. I love Abbey Ales. Oh my god, it's so good! It's like got like just crisp flavors with like a hint of, like a hint of sour notes. Right. Oh, it's so good, and they didn't put any shit in it either, which makes it delicious. They didn't try to flavor it up with a bunch of vegetables. <laughs> Here's another cool thing that apparently Elysian does. Uh huh. So they. Once a year, they'll buy one of those, like, giant pumpkins that you get at the fair, you know? Yep. And they'll cut the top out off of it and scoop the guts out and then uh, put a beer in there and, like, re-ferment it, like, really? cast condition it, put the top back on somehow uh-huh. and, like, seal it up. And then they they just jam a spigot in it when it's ready to serve, and they serve it out of the pumpkin. That seems like it'd be really... Do they have the yeast? The yeast can't be in there. Sure it can. Like, a, a true cask condition thing, or even a bottle condition ale has yeast in it. Yeah, but you'd have to sanitize it. I mean, you'd think there'd be, like, weird bacteria and stuff in the pumpkin. Uh, Well, that's all the part yeast. of the pumpkin experience. It, it tastes awful, but it's a great gimmick. Apparently it tastes okay. It tastes like hell. Well, you, uh, <laughs> apparently what you've been drinking is Haterade. Yeah, I <laughs> Pour me some of that. I got a cooler of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, man. Well, I guess I think I, I think that's that covers all of our bases. I guess it's time to do a D twenty roll off, huh? I agree. So uh, we're gonna each roll a twenty sided die to see who gets to speak first, and we call it the little tiny mat roll off because it's a small twenty die uh, <laughs> roll off. And we love Matt, and I'm not stalling because I'm opening an online D twenty. All right, we're ready to go. <laughs> Oh my god. I rolled six, Eric. I rolled a three. Yes! That means I get to lay claim to our first super topic. Super topic. The third annual uh-huh. Personal Arrogance brought to you by Bald Move Network presents the Fantastic Football League. That was the, that was the five. Yes. Uh, <laughs> or the pan flute. That's what makes it. So, Justin, do you, do you want to um, do you want to describe what the Fantastic Football League is? 
Yeah, every year here at the Bristol Arrogance around football season, we do a little draft. But unlike the NFL draft, where we uh, draft the hottest rookies from the NCAA circuit, we draft the hottest uh, agents from sci-fi and fantasy and basically anything from comic books to movies to Lord of the Rings. As long as it's a fictional character, it's in play. In the past, we've had such uh, great talents as Gandalf, mm-hmm. uh, Professor X, yep. Obi Wan, Kool Aid Man. Yep, Kool Aid Man, my personal favorite. Inspector Gadget, great wide receiver. Inspector Gadget, yep. uh, the that uh, oven mitt thing from the Hamburger Helper. Yep, yep, great hands. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a it's a great target. I <laughs> mean, great hand. Uh, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, so we get to start. So, uh, we're each, we have five categories this year. Jesse, I think that we're also going to have a sixth special category, which was going to be revealed later in the show. So, uh, I'm very excited about that. But the first category we always start off with is quarterback. And Jesse, since you won the roll off, let's see who your quarterback is for this year's FFL. All right, Eric, I have a very... Very controversial first round draft pick here. Okay. I'm I'm drafting one of the grunts from Halo on legendary mode. Hmm. Just one of the little guys. They don't get a lot of love. That's but true. here here's what I'm saying. Yep. On legendary mode, they're yep. pretty good at sticking you with those sticky grenades. That's true. They got a good arm. They're good at slinging it. Uh escapability too. Yep. All they do is run around. They're hard to kill. They are. You might kill. undervalue them, so you know they might not be the biggest target on the field, giving them even greater escapability. Yep. And also, they're great on the rush. As you'll recall, they like to uh, basically do their suicide rushes, where they detonate their sticky grenades and run right at you. Uh huh. How many times has that killed you in campaign mode on? Well, every Halo. every time. Exactly. So that's my QB pick. I feel like they're a little easily flustered, though. Yeah, that. I mean, there's going to be some uh, definitely tough coaching decisions are going to be made. Mm-hmm. But they know how to follow orders, too. Well, there you go. What about you? Well, mine is also a bit controversial just because uh, this is a character that I have said that I hate in the past. But I got I to gotta throw some respect her way. And that's the knife-throwing girl from The Hunger Games. <laughs> oh! Yeah. Mm. So you can go back two episodes and listen to my review on her. But <laughs> she is a fictional character. She's got a great arm, and she likes to kill people. That's true. She's pretty bloodthirsty. Yeah, she's competitive to the point of... A little, she's a little too competitive. Great accuracy on on that, Incredible though. Incredible accuracy! Here's my only thing. She's got a reputation for, uh, well, roughness after the whistle, as it were. Yes. Which has gotten her in trouble. (laughs) Roughing the the (laughs) D-line. Yeah, so I don't know. She might be a bit of a loose cannon. I I could see some penalties being racked up for that. Hey, I don't care if she's a loose cannon as long as she's a cannon. (laughs) And she's shooting up those balls all over the field. Well, what's our uh, our next... Track. Next one's going to be running back. Uh, okay. this, this is a fan favorite category. And, you go first? I'll, okay, I'll go first on this one. I've uh, given this one a lot of thought, and I just really like to think about how to just keep things rolling. And uh, the the player that I landed on was the giant ball from Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> Jeez, that's a great pick. Yes. It's 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 a little difficult to hand him the ball. But... <laughs> Handoffs might be an issue. Yes. Uh and forget any pitch plays. Yeah, and there's <laughs> there aren't gonna be any screens or anything. Uh but you know, I think if you can basically what I'm thinking is you just put the ball on the field. He rolls over it and flattens it so much that it kind of sticks to him, and then he rolls it into the end zone. You know, Eric, that's a solid pick. (laughs) (laughs) I can't argue with that. No pun intended. 
who who's your running back for your team? Well, I decided to draft a uh, running back fullback team. Mm. And I'm picking Gimli and Glowin from the Lord of the Rings. Yes. As we know, Gimli, he's short. I mean, he can he can punch through those holes. Mm-hmm. And he's on record as having said that uh, dwarves are great over short distances. <laughs> That's true. He might not be the best sprinter. He's probably not going to do any, like, you know, 60-plus yard uh, running plays. But he'll get those first downs. For those 10 yards, he's totally on fire. That's true, and also great in short yardage situations. Like, fourth and short, you're going to go for it every time. Oh, totally. Plus, um, fans of the Battle for Middle-Earth 2 series will know. I guess that's a game, not a series. But uh-huh. uh, he has a leaping attack where he's able to jump over foes and land amongst their ranks. I think that's great for on the goal line. Instead of punching through, you can leap over oh, the yeah, line the for yeah. the touchdown every time. See, I think it's great. I think, you know, this is the third year in a row. You got to have your token LOTR. Uh, really, they're a great team. Um, really, really push people to, to the pros in the Fantastic Football League. First year, Gandalf was a first round pick. Um, last year, the Ent, uh, did <laughs> great. Right. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Well, Eric, it's a great franchise. Uh, they get a lot of good players. Scholarships mm-hmm. go a long way. They have a lot of gold. That's you know, true. To throw at prospective talent, and uh, great coaching goes a long way. It's true, but uh, Frodo and uh, and Samoy still sitting there waiting to be picked. They are, they, yeah, they're on the sidelines. But at but, least, you know. at least they have each other. <laughs> That's true. All right, so now it's time for the wide receiver position. Jesse, who's your wide receiver this year? Well, um, I I can't believe they haven't been picked in the past, at mm-hmm. least to my recollection. I'm picking Mario and Luigi. Oh. For wide receivers. They've built a career off of running and jumping when you think about it. That's true. <laughs> That's what a platformer is. It's running and jumping. And they've translated that success to success in just about every other sport except for football. Mario Tennis, yep. Mario Golf, Mario Baseball, uh, Mario Strikers, yep. the soccer game. You know, they have the athletic spirit, and uh, obviously they're talented in a wide range of sports. I think I think they'll translate to the wide receiver position quite well. It's true. I, I, you know, you never really think about them as an athletic team, but they're doing everything. They were in the Olympics. They, were, yeah. they competed <laughs> against... kart racing, even. Yeah. Man, their reflexes. I mean, this is really the only sport they have yet to conquer, and I think it'll be their biggest victory yet. Or their biggest flop. <laughs> it's true. It's, it's All the chips are on the table here. That's true. All well, the coins. Well, uh, my pick is uh, it's going to be somebody who's a little injury prone, but uh, as you know, every year I'd like to pick some kind of gigantic creature. And I think that my pick for this year is going to be the Iron Giant for wide receiver. I don't know much about the Iron Giant. Why don't you uh, give me his highlight reel, as it were? The Iron Giant is a giant uh, nuclear-powered robot. Uh, Uh He's great. So he's on the juice. He might. It's all speculation. He's never been caught. (laughs) So I I don't... uh, Luckily, the players' union is very strong. Exactly, they're gonna they're gonna keep him. Uh, they're gonna keep him uh, protected. Um, but uh, but yeah, he's he's a giant guy, and also if he does get an injury, say his leg falls off or something, um, he has the ability to bring all of his limbs back to wherever they were. So even if he gets blown up, he can uh, he can completely repair himself. That's a pretty good talent to have in this league. Yeah, exactly. We know there's a lot of heavy hitters, including but not limited to The Rock from Indiana Jones. Well, that's true. It'll roll right over you. Luckily, you won't have to go up against that. So let's just say I think I'm putting together a little bit of a Smash Mouth team here. <laughs> I think so. I may be going for a little bit more skill. Yeah, I think you're a little more skill, a little more finesse, and I'm really going for the Smash Mouth. Uh, plus the Iron Giant, you know, he's around 100 feet tall. So that's, a, that's definitely an event. If you can get the ball to him, he can basically just lay down and score a touchdown. 
That's true. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, we haven't really seen the skills of the knife throwing girl from the Hunger Games in ranges beyond about ten feet. Well, that's true. But the pitch play. I mean, think about think about the play action potential here. You just fake the handoff to the ball. Everybody's going to try <laughs> to run him, and then it's just a short pitch play to the Iron Giant. He lays it out and scores a touchdown. Yeah, uh, I I like it. It's a good strategy. Thank you. So, uh, <laughs> so now we're now we're gonna have to pick those defenses uh, that are gonna have to uh, that are gonna have to stop all these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Eric, my yep. my defensive pick mm-hmm. are uh, the doppelgangers from Magic: The Gathering. Oh, here's what I'm thinking: a confusion-based defense. Oh my god! You go. You know how much I love man coverage. The interception Eric. potential is crazy on this. Yeah. So <laughs> exactly, you go into man coverage. You switch to your. Uh, uh, the man you're covering, you're a mirror image of him, except for your eyeballs. Those uh-huh. are those remain your true colors. Yes. And uh, then it's up to the quarterback to be able to discern who is the real and who is the fake. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a pretty impressive defense. Also very <laughs> finesse, though. Still finesse. I, I'm I'm going Bill Belichick on this one. You are. You're 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 the ballet uh, dancer. Thank you. The FFL. Well, how did you know what my next draft pick was? <laughs> well, I uh, the black swan. <laughs> yeah, the, you're the black swan of the FFL. Uh, so my my pick for defense is going to be an old favorite. I've talked about them before, and they've never been picked before, and that's the Suicide Squad. Oh, I love it. Yes, talk that's about. That's gonna be rough late season though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of them will die every game. <laughs> but that is compelling. You're definitely going to have a lot of viewers on those on those screens. Absolutely, it's going to be very compelling. People are going to tune in every week. Plus, you get a new guy. They always they always fill in that guy. But it's great because oh, you basically have the entire uh, DC villain uh, cachet to draw from. Uh, yeah. You know, but you have Deadshot. He's going to be great. He would be a great quarterback. Uh, but he's also great at taking out the competition, literally. <laughs> uh, you have uh, a great linebacker. Uh, yeah, exactly. He's basically your linebacker. You got Captain Boomerang. Um, you know, he can always just throw a boomerang at someone's head. And also great for interceptions, the boomerang. Yes, that's true. Uh, jump the route. Yeah, you could jump the route, or you can just. Throw the throw a boomerang and catch the ball in midair. Bring it to you. Exactly. Um, there's there's any number of of greats uh of great people here, and you like I said, you could draw. You know, the Joker was actually part of the Suicide Squad at one point. Poison Ivy. Uh, the Penguin. Uh, can pay someone. Also, the Bronze Tiger, coming with some martial arts moves. Everybody brings their own specialty, and I mean it is. This might be a little more finesse, but they're really going to leave it all on the field, and liter- one of them will literally leave it all on the field every game. That's compelling. I, I like it. Yes. All right. Now, uh, now the last skill position that we're going to be picking this week is the kicker. So, Jesse, who's your kicker? Uh, well, I'm going with one of your favorites. Uh huh. Sasquatch. Damn it! I was glad that was mine. <laughs> is that true? Yes. A draft pick upset. Oh, man. I should have traded up. <laughs> draft pick upset. Oh. Got, I snagged Sasquatch. You're going to have to settle. Oh, man. Well, explain Sasquatch on the field to me because I think he might be a little primitive, if you will, <laughs> while I try to come up with another, with another kicker. Sasquatch, I mean, obviously, the main reason... Uh, everyone wants to draft him is because of his big foot. Correct. That That's fairly obvious. But I think he has other traits, too. Uh, he'd be great uh, if, you know, if the runner, if whoever's running the ball back, gets past all the rest of the defense, I think he'd be great for bringing him down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a team player, as is evidenced by Harry and the Hendersons, how quickly did he adapt to that family? That's true. He is a, he's a presence in the locker room. <laughs> exactly. I think he'll be big, big-time moral support, definitely. Yep. And, plus, uh, plus, I mean, what more can you say than that? Well, and I mean, he, he you... knows when to walk away gracefully. 
<laughs> well, not really. You have to kind of be mean to him. You got to be a little mean to him. But yeah. then, then he just disappears into the woods yeah. of uh, Western Washington. He's one of those guys that once he leaves the game, you'll never see him again. <laughs> That's true. He's not going to get up to trouble, you know, post right. Right. career. He's just going to disappear. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that he's very easy to motivate as long as you have some Jack Ling's beef jerky around. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I think you know what I'm saying. Uh, I know what you're saying. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go ahead and uh, pick another dude with a large foot, with a an almost unreasonably large foot. Uh oh. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna go into the Disney Vault and just. Just bring out Mickey. Yeah? Yeah. Mm. I feel like Mickey is a consummate winner. Uh, I feel like you're going to have to give him a, some kind of custom football helmet. <laughs> um, But he's got the foot for it, man. That guy's got a foot. I just, I picture a lot of, like, kicking the ball and doing a loop-de-loop and landing behind him. Oh, that's Charlie Brown, dude. It's comedic. This is Mickey. This isn't Goofy. This is Mickey, dude. <laughs> okay, that's true. Mickey Mouse. He's, he's got the winner's spirit. He does have the winner's sp- spirit. I always was wondering... Uh, <laughs> never mind, I'm not going to say that. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so I guess that's the rundown. Um, now, I have, I, I, I have a special category this year. Okay. So six I'm categories. So we've done quarterback, we've done running back, we've done wide receiver, we've done defense, we've done kicker, and I want to go for coach. All right. Luckily, I'm prepared, Eric. Oh. And I'm going first since I won the little tiny Matt Roloff. Alrighty. Although Matt Roloff would be a good coach. Yes. My- <laughs> Inspirational. Uh, he'll be my ch- he'll be he'll be cheer captain. Yes. Uh, my coach is Mal. From Firefly, oh, he's a father figure. Yeah, he knows what he knows his stuff. He's highly intelligent, uh-huh. and he's great at bringing a ragtag group of heroes together. That's who true. Might, might see the world from different angles. Might not always get along at times, but he's great at bringing them together and getting the job done. That's absolutely true. Um, I, uh, I. I'm trying to figure out whether or not my pick is actually legal or not <laughs> uh, within the parameters of the of the show or of the of the of the game here. But I'm just gonna go with it. All right, my coach is gonna be Richard Oldman Harrison from Pawn Stars. You know, I think I I feel like. That show is cooked enough to the right. point where he is more of a character character than a real identity. That's what I'm saying. So I will allow it. Because I look at the cast of Pawn Stars and I see an NFL coaching staff. How <laughs> <laughs> so? <laughs> like, like I feel like Old Man is the main is the main uh, the head coach. Then you got Rick Harrison. He's probably the offensive coordinator, calling the plays. Uh, you have, you know, Big Hoss, Corey Big Hoss Harrison, that's Rick's son. He's probably more of like a special teams coach. And then you, of course, have Chum Lee, and I think he's more of just like the water boy. Maybe like, maybe like a trainer's assistant. I see him like in a pair of pleated khakis and and white tennis shoes. Uh, A couple towels squirting Gatorade in the people's mouths. Maybe Haterade. (laughs) Um, but basically, you know, this guy's seen it all. And he's got a great, uh, he's got a great grasp on the history of the game. And, uh, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with old man. Eric, I've got the special play. That's your Achilles heel. What is it? Battletoads. Damn it. Luckily, <laughs> Battletoads were picked. It just keeps coming and coming. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that's over. our secret play. Luckily, Battletoads were picked as a kicker last year, I believe, by Jimmy. <laughs> I think that's true. Oh, man. <laughs> That would be rough. <laughs> uh, well, there you have it. There you have it. That's a fantastic the third football annual league. Fantastic football league. Uh, write us, personalarrogance at gmail.com. Please Let do. us know who you think will win in the head to head matchup between me and Eric. Mm-hmm. And also, 
Uh, let us know what your team is, and we will reveal it on the air. That's true. So we need a fictional, fantastic uh, player for quarterback, running back, wide receiver, defense, kicker, and coach. Go ahead and send that to personalarrogance at gmail.com. Jesse, let's do a quick rundown of our picks, uh, and and then we'll and then we'll move on. Okay, you want to start? Sure. So quarterback, I have the knife throwing girl from uh, Hunger Games. Running back, I have the big stone ball from uh, Indiana Jones. Wide receiver, I have the Iron Giant. Defense, Suicide Squad. My kicker is Mickey Mouse, and my coach is Old Man from Pawn Stars. Who do you got, Jesse? For me, I have at quarterback a grunt from Halo on Legendary. Running back team, uh, Gimli Glowin. Wide receivers, I have Mario and Luigi. Uh, at kicker, I have Sasquatch himself. And uh, defense, I have Doppelgangers from Magic the Gathering. And leading this ragtag group of misfits is none other than Malcolm Reynolds. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so that's the Fantastic Football League for 2012. Hope your season goes as well as ours does. All right, let's. Uh, it's time to move on. Let's do some trivia. What do you say, J Dog? I say yay. All right. Uh, so I'm gonna go ahead and roll a six-sided die to see which category of genus one we're gonna be doing this week. It's a two, which is entertainment. Damn it! <laughs> I hate this. I'm gonna re-roll it. Should we veto it? Yeah. All right. Screw that, man. Oh, it's a two again. <laughs> I think our listeners just let out a sigh of relief. It's <laughs> yeah, right. like Obi-Wan Kenobi sensing the voices crying out on yes. Alderaan. I just sensed our <laughs> listeners sighing in relief. Yes, a thousand sighs in relief and then silence. <laughs> and then silence. So, uh, so actually I rolled D5 after three chances. So we're doing science and nature, Jesse. All right. You get to go first. Please play along at home. And your first question is... What is June's birthstone? Um, I don't think it's opal. Um, I gotta say amethyst. Man, I was gonna say amethyst. <sighs> um, my first question is who's June? Heyo, <laughs> heyo. Uh, I'm gonna go with emerald. Ah, it's agate. Dang. The beautiful agate stone. All right. <laughs> as beautiful as its name. <laughs> uh, my my question this week is, what was the ma- first man-made satellite put in the orbit? I believe that was Sputnik. I I believe you're correct. I'm gonna go with some sort of weird technicality. Maybe it didn't reach orbit and go with Sputnik two. All right, Sputnik one. <laughs> it is stipulated. <laughs> they specified. Yeah, that's funny. Um. <laughs> Because they called it that. Yeah, it was Sputnik 1, Sputnik 1 when it was launched, or did it become Sputnik 1 when Sputnik 2 was launched? <laughs> they did. They, they were humble people, the Soviets, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> they were like, there will be many more Sputniks to come. <laughs> uh, Jesse, so this question is for you. What season is hail most prevalent in? Hail seems like a springtime phenomenon to me. I'm going to go with summer. I'm going to go anti-thought on this one. Go summer. Oh, it's summer. Oh, you nice. Tornado season, baby. I think you just sealed the wind there. I think I did. So here's my victory lap. The question is, <laughs> what is the thickness of the Earth's atmosphere within 20 miles? <laughs> I'm going to say 60 miles. I got to say 140. 120. You got it, man. <laughs> Barely. You got it. All right, a little redemption, but you still win. All right, well, you won the roll-off, so you get to talk now. Well, Eric, um, I think it's time. I took a break last week, but for the triumphant return of Is It Worse Than a Punch in the Face? Oh, I was waiting for it. I was I was thinking about starting my own segment called Is It Worse Than a Kick in the Balls? <laughs> and so it will just devolve into the Jesse and right. Eric Complain podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so what, what what are we doing this week, man? Well, my first, my first one is ripped from uh, the very pages of Dear Diary, Jesse Ooh. Wilson edition, mm-hmm. as it were. Um, I, I ordered an item off of Amazon.com and got the wrong item in the mail. Oh, man. It's like, how does this even happen? It's just zeros and ones on the internet, right? And somewhere the translation went wrong. I'm building a homebrew rig, as I've talked about before, mm-hmm. and I ordered a 
a 15 and 5 eighths uh, diameter false bottom for my mash tun. Yep. And they gave me 17 and 5 eighths. Uh, That's not even close. Well, it is close if you think about it in terms of you've still got the same product. It's just the wrong size. I did get the same product, wrong size. See, I thought but you meant... it was such a bummer. I had it sitting away too and never mm. measured it. So I went out because, like, I'm I'm converting this system out of kegs, right? So I, yeah, I I got the step bit out. I drilled a hole, got the saws all out, took five blades to cut the top off of this keg because it's stainless steel, you know. Yeah. And I was so happy to get it done. I was like, I'm gonna go check out how this mash tun screen fits and i even rallied the girlfriend to check out my handiwork Aww. and it wasn't even close well can you is it too can you make it bigger or is it smaller uh well the screen is too big well can't you make the hole bigger oh it's no this is the size of the keg oh across well yeah so there's no making the keg bigger. Well, see, I thought that you would meant that you ordered like a, a mash tun thing or a bobber, and you got like I don't know a hair dryer. <laughs> That's a little different. Equally useless, though. <laughs> Equally useless, and I don't know if you know this, but sometimes Amazon makes a mistake in the goodness section. Uh-huh. So, like, when I was in college, my girlfriend at the time bought me a George Foreman grill for Christmas, and two of them came in the mail. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. So, I think it all evens out. It probably does come out in the wash. It's just... a laundromat, dude. Sometimes, for me. <laughs> sometimes your shirt gets taken, sometimes you take a shirt. At the moment, my shirt's gone. Yep. You're so, a shirtless Eric, man. Mm-hmm. The verdict is yours. Uh-huh. Worse than the punch in the face? Nah. Okay. Nah. I think that's fair. So for my second topic, um, as I was preparing for my draft mm-hmm. in the Fantastic Football League, mm-hmm. uh, I went on Google and I Googled uh, fantasy football positions so that I knew, you know, which ones, what positions I needed to draft for. Yep. Right? And what comes up as a number one search is fantasy football names. Uh-huh. Who are these lazy people who can't think up a cool enough name that they have to go online and find a list of fantasy football names, cool ones, and then go into their league and put that name and pretend it's theirs? Yeah. How lame is that? My fantasy football, my fantasy baseball, my fantasy sports name is always the same. Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, it's solid. If you come to my apartment, what's my internet called? Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe, because it's a great name. Well, I came Eric, up with that did, name. Did you and I find that off it. of Google? I did not. I came up with that by myself. Exactly. Yes. And these these Googlers are diminishing your creativity. That's true. They're they're making my creativity look like an amateur hour, because it is such a great name that someone is going to automatically think that a genius thought it up. They're right, but they're going to think a genius other than me did. Exactly. So, Eric, yeah. is this is this phenomenon worse than a punch in the face? I feel like the anti-creativity movement in this country is out of control. It's definitely worse than a punch in the face. All right. Score one for the puncher. All right. Uh, topic number three. Oh, something that has plagued me as of late. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a great bar in town here called The Poor House where it, they have 12 rotating taps. Yeah. So every time you go in there, there's something different. I went in there today, and every single thing was different from last time I went in there. It's great. And they sell uh, five-ounce tasters. So yeah. instead of buying a whole pint, uh, you can buy, like, three five-ounce tasters for about the same price uh-huh. and sample a bunch of cool things. Yeah. But they come in, you know, s- small glassware, obviously. Word. And I have this weird inclination to stick my pinky up when drinking from small glassware, uh. and it makes me look like a snob. <laughs> I hate it. And I keep catching myself doing it and have to, like, force my pinky down to the glass, and it feels unnatural. Well. But on the other hand, I don't want to look like some sort of, I don't know, wine-drinking super snob. <laughs> Well, just so you are kind of a beer snob. 
I'm a beer geek, damn it. You're the snob. I'm drinking the pumpkin ale here. I don't know. I'm a purist. I don't know if I'm a snob. I am a geek <laughs> and can detect badly crafted beer, but appreciate all well-crafted beer from the light American lager to the pumpkin ale. So is two beer snobs trying to prove why they're not snobs <laughs> worse than a punch in the face? <laughs> I think that's the question. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say that that is uh, that's definitely worse than a punch in the face. Okay, I think um, the pinky stays down, man. T- how are we doing on time? Should we move ahead here? Oh, we got one. You got one more? One more. I got All one right. more. We got time. Okay, so I got a new phone. Mm-hmm. I got a new phone plan. New phone number. Yep. And I keep getting uh calls from political people i know man it's trying to weird... get me to vote it's the ghost phone i don't get it this happened how, to how me is this too legal? I, I feel like this was illegal for a while and now it's happening it's because the person who used to have your phone number signed up for all this shit and so they think they're calling that person that explains why all the political people that are trying to get in touch with me are from new york <laughs> is that true it, yes yeah absolutely it's so annoying. It's the it's ghost like, phone, man. It's I, like a... This, this it's, happens. Ugh, it sucks. I've assumed someone's crappy identity mm-hmm. as apparently someone in New York who likes to vote. And it, I, it's like these <laughs> robot messages with like a thick accent. It's like, I need you to vote for the my husband into chambers. <laughs> it's weird. For the 4th Congressional District. Yeah, I the, the ghost phoning happens, man. Some girl, I think some like nineteen year old girl used to have my phone number, because I will periodically get these just random texts, like, and it's too often to not uh to be like just a wrong number. Uh-huh. Uh huh. In fact, I think the person who used to have my phone is named Brittany. <laughs> I think I've I've devised that. Um, let me see. Let me see if I can find one of these weird. One of these weird ones here. Uh, like, I got this one. When do you leave for Alaska? Uh-huh. Somebody called me. When do you leave for Alaska? I said, never. Wrong number. <laughs> uh, oh, no. Her name was Ashley. Th- is that what I said before? I got this. Brittany. I got this. Uh, oh, it's Ashley. It's one of those E's names. Uh, so I got a text that says, Ash? <laughs> wrong number. Uh, then I had a really long conversation with one of them oh here it is this is it is there any chance that you danny or mom could pick me up and my girlfriend from SeaTac wednesday around 2 30 sorry about the late notice the plans just changed and this really confused me because my brother-in-law's name is danny <laughs> and i was like who is this and it was like jake your cousin and then i was like i think you have the wrong number uh, it'd be funnier if you had a cousin, and, like, it was the same name as one of your cousins to confuse you more. Yeah, I know. It's like, See, uh, why are you in Spokane? It does sound like you got the ghost phone of a Washington resident, at least. I did get ghost phone of Washington, and it's definitely a girl, and I think her name is Ashley, because I also got this one. Sup, girl, at work? <laughs> so those, that's four ghosts. No, you got the ghost phone, man. I got the ghost phone for a politically active New Yorker. <laughs> All right. Is that better or worse than a punch in the face? I think it's worse than a punch in the face. All right. I feel like there they should have, have something that like cleanses your number before they give it to you. I agree. There needs to be like the number whitewash. Yeah. Just cleanse it out. Just get sanitized, and then uh, and then you get a, your your number's fine. There you go. All right. So that's worse than a punch in the face. So um. So Jesse, I'm gonna. I know that you are super excited about football season. Is that correct? Um, I'm gonna say yes with a caveat because okay. I watched a bunch of football and I went to play Madden. And I got about halfway through the first quarter and was like, I'm fucking burned out on football right now. Yeah. Well, opening week it'll do that for you. You can't watch more than three games. And that's all we talk about at work. Oh, really? Yeah, totally. And then like because. I work at a brewery, obviously, and then, like, people come, and we have, like, a pretty open space, so you can just, like, walk to the beer garden, and you walk by us, the brewers, Mm -hmm. and they just, they come in, and they talk to my boss 
about football and he's such a football guy. He talks to every single person, but I hear like the same conversation yeah. several times a day. I yeah. was getting a little burned out. Well, then maybe this will go right along with you. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and title uh, my segment this week: Why football sucks, and why Whoa. it's worse than, or, and why baseball is better. Oh, no, 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 no. Yes. No, 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 no. Why football sucks and why baseball is better. All right, lay it on me, Dub. I was watching the CX game, and I was flabbergasted. I was perplexed. Okay. I was ashamed. Are we going to get into this? I think so. Okay. But it also pointed out so many things to me. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm going to watch football all season. But there's things about football that really drive me nuts. And I feel like the game has gotten worse in the last decade uh, because okay. of a lot of these things. So, first of all, there's a clock. And I feel like clock management is something that was never intended to be a part of the game and is now a huge part of the game. I agree with you that was never intended to be part of the game, but yeah. I think it's a cool strategy. See, I don't element. like it because I don't like games where you run out the clock. Baseball, you can't run out the clock. Like I would be, I would be much happier if football was like first to twenty points wins. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wouldn't be you wouldn't have the the nice three hour block there. But the fact that you, you can like run out the clock is like just crappy to me. I I think you should keep playing, man. Like, whenever That's, I play Madden, I'm up by, like, three touchdowns. I'm not taking a knee. I'm going to try to get my fourth touchdown, baby. Nah, I, I think it's a cool part of the game. Ugh. I like it. And, I mean, it's all part of the strategy that goes into the first three quarters. Well, not the first three quarters. But, I, I mean, like, yeah. throughout the third quarter and into mm-hmm. the fourth quarter. drill. How you want to play out the last couple minutes of the game. And what I especially like the fact that, like, Incomplete passes don't count against the clock. Running it out of bounds doesn't count against the clock. But if you're just going to run it in, it does count. It's cool. It, it affects how the plays are going to be called. I think it's a cool element. It does. But I also like in the Seahawks game, the refs gave the Seahawks an extra timeout. And it just kind of well, showed the arbitrary nature of this running down the clock bullshit. That's That wasn't arbitrary. That was an officiating error. It was a major officiating error. And it could have had a huge impact <laughs> on the game. It could have, and that's if the part Seahawks of, could do anything right. <laughs> but that's that's the yeah, that's the that's the walkout or the lockout though. That's a ref lockout issue. That's true. It's not the nature of the game. It's the fact that the referees but the are fact in that something with the like league. that can have an impact on it, and that that leads me to my other my next reason why football sucks and why baseball is better is instant replay. Oh, I could not disagree with instant replay is out of control. Oh, Eric, but, like, the umpires can't see in baseball. That's fine, and they do have a form of instant replay. They can replay, uh, they can use instant replay for home run calls in baseball, and they have done that. But when it was just the coach throwing the challenge flag, I love that. I love the coach being able to throw that challenge flag. Um, But now they replay every turnover and yeah. every scoring play. Yeah. So it just slows down the game so much. And I don't understand the people who are like, well, baseball is a really boring game. Football is really boring when they're <laughs> sitting there looking at a TV screen, especially when the call is incredibly easy. Like, everybody at home can see, like, that guy was completely inbounds. Like, there yeah. shouldn't be any question about it. And the ref's got his head under there for, like, five minutes trying to figure it out. There's nothing more boring to watch. I agree with you. Um I think we're in a middle ground right now. And yeah. actually, I, I want my argument to this topic to be there's room for football and there's room for baseball, and they're both good in different ways. Mm. But I love the precision of uh, football, whereas the whereas, uh, baseball is more open to the interpretation of the umpires. See, I like that, too, because I... That's the other thing about the refereeing thing. Like, there is a penalty on just about every play in football. And it just depends on when... Well, in the NFC West, there is. Yeah. (laughs) It just depends on when the referee is like, yeah, I'll call it this time. There's, like, holding on every play. Like, it just... There's always a penalty to be had. And then even those are up to major interpretation. I mean, how many times have you heard 
So to say that the baseball is all up to interpretation and football is really precision, it's not. Even I've seen even plays blown that are replays. I'm just saying that it's the most boring thing in the world to watch a guy watching TV on TV. Well, here's the thing. Like, with baseball, I mean, like it or not, we have replay. It's called TiVo. And yep. with baseball, if the umpire makes a bad call, right. there's no accountability for that. It's just well, there was a bad call. They are and you can watch it, it a thousand times and be like, that game was changed because of a bad call, and there's nothing you can do about it. And that's baseball, baby. I love that. That's baseball, baby. And that's I the like human, football that's the human element. Football's super precise. Here's what I it's think not, they need. Though. It's the illusion of preciseness, dude. Like, they, in certain things, they are precise. Precision. In other things, whatever. <laughs> it's the precision. It's the perception of precision. It's like the TSA. Like, they're going to patrol stuff and make it look like they're being really precise, but they're still blowing tons of calls every game. Well, here's my argument, is I think they need to step it up. I think they need GPS in the ball, mm-hmm. and they need, Absolutely. like, the boundaries, uh, you know, computer yeah. determined and yeah. any and leave it up to a computer like they do in tennis you know well that's that's i i, I don't understand that's the other thing another thing that drives me crazy is the referee can place the ball wherever they think it's supposed to be and then I they and stupid. then they have the goal to bring out the chains, the chains. and it's like the ref could have put it wherever he wants like there's going to be a three to four inch difference depending on wherever his whim is that he puts the ball, and then they bring out chains, and they're like, no, it's, it's, it's about an inch off. Give me a break. I know. If it's within four inches, they should just give it to him. I know. that. I know that's stupid, but right. I think I think we need more precision, and I think we need computers to do it for us. Well, they could, but then that I, completely dehumanizes the game, and I don't think that's think, the way you want to go in sports. Sports is like no, human no, no, raw no. emotion. No, 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 no. I don't like it. Anyway, I got, I got, more, to, I got more, to, more to brand on here. Okay, I'm just saying you're wrong. Penalties for profit. And the thing that I hate about this, this actually happened in the Seahawks game. So uh, Sidney Rice is running toward the end zone. The Seahawks need to score a touchdown in order to win the game. He's running toward the the end zone for like a 25-yard catch. Uh, Russell Wilson throws the ball to him. The uh, corner for the Cardinals completely blocks him, wraps him up before he can get the ball, gets called for pass interference. Um, but it completely works out because it prevented it from scoring a touchdown. So it's like you can just use penalties for profit. It's like it doesn't matter. And and the same thing happens. This is why the clock is so weird. Cause, so, like, if they run that play and they have two minutes to go, uh, that's, you know, seven, eight seconds off the clock. There's a penalty in the play. Sure, they get the yardage, but they lose the time, which is the most precious thing. And uh, and they are prevented from scoring a touchdown. The yeah, ability but... to use penalties for profit is is utilized in football unlike any other sport. I mean, fo- b- basketball does it all the time. But baseball, there's no way to use a penalty for profit. Yeah, but in, in that example, I mean, it was first down from s- spot of the foul. Mm-hmm. And then we had a whole set of downs. I mean, we had seven chances to throw in for a touchdown right there. That's correct. But did they do it? They didn't, but and they could have done it on that play if he hadn't done pass interference. But you don't know he would have ca- caught it. He got a couple chances to catch the ball in the end yeah. zone because of that play, and he, he but screwed it up. It's the it's the uh, it's it's in hindsight. It's like the whole genius thing. It's like uh, you know if if a uh, if a coach calls a fifty yard field goal and they miss it, then he's a total goat. Or he's a total goat that week. But if he if they make it, then he's a genius. And in this case, it made the corner look like a total genius because he prevented a a touchdown from happening, and they ended up winning the game. It's risk-reward, though. I like it. Yeah. High risk, high reward. Uh, Same thing happened during the Dallas-New York game because uh, the the giant was running down the field. Dallas defender totally horse-collared that guy about the three, and it ended up being a goal-line stand that they— Right. uh, Penalties for profit. And, I'm and, okay with it. And it's the high other risk, thing high reward. is that if you if you have a penalty within uh, within two minutes, I think that they should give you the they should give the coach the option whether he can have the time or the yardage. I agree. I think that I think that penalties like that should because it's stop a way the that clock. they can run the clock down. I agree. I mean, I it, it would stop, stop the, clock. the clock if it was it, you know it stops the clock if it's a penalty or if it, or if it goes out of bounds if it's an incomplete catch, but they should be able to get that time back if they want it. 
Like they I, should be able to get those eight eight or nine seconds back off that play. Yeah, that's huge, and I agree. Yeah, and then my last one is nobody wants to admit it, that it's a violent sport. Which I I will admit it. Well, I know, but <laughs> are you kidding me? It's this, hugely violent. There's this whole thing with like the the pay for play thing with the Saints, which they got the hammer dropped down on him. Sean Payton can't coach this season because of that. Yeah, and uh, well, it, he can coach. His son's football right, team. Right, exactly. Uh, and then they have, you know, all this concussion stuff, all this concussion awareness. And, it, like, the frank thing is, football is a brutal sport. Like, it is a crazy, crazy brutal sport. And your career as an NFL, I think the average career is, like, two and a half years or something of an NFL yeah. player. Like, can we just not pretend that, like, this is this is like just like baseball in terms of you know people should have long careers and blah blah blah. Like this is a brutal sport. You need guaranteed contracts for guys because they're going to get hurt. You are going to get hurt. You're going to have a career-ending injury if you are a football player. Yeah, I agree. And let's just stop pretending like it's not a brutal sport because it is, and that's why Americans love it. I think they need to scale back the armor. <laughs> God. No, here's why. Uh -huh. Like, you don't have such huge injuries and you have longer careers in mm -hmm. rugby league. That's true. I think because it's, they, I think they it's have a little less, different, though. People there, always try to, people always try to compare rugby or Aussie rules football to regular, to American football. But I think it's a completely different sport because in Aussie rules football, everybody's kind of like. I'm not talking about Aussie rules football. Well, it, I'm or talking rugby. about rugby league. Well, people, I mean. If you watch rugby, I feel like people don't do well. I I I think this completely goes to your point, actually. Let me explain it. <laughs> because to you. if you have those strong armor, you're going to try these like crazy moves to like tackle people. It, well, let me explain it to you. Yeah. Uh, uh, rugby league is like American football. That's a hundred percent running plays, mm -hmm. which you would think would be much more violent, much more damage to the cerebrum, and you know, bigger hits, but they don't have, they don't have the armor. And it, in American football, you throw yourself, you literally hurl yourself at an opponent to knock yep. them down. Rugby is all about the tackles. It's about clinging to your opponent, using your body weight right. to pull them down. Right. It's, it's not about slamming them super hard. It's yep. about wrapping them up and pulling them down. And it's a safer sport that way. Because they don't use them. I I understand. I totally get what you're saying. People put on those pads and they think they're invincible. They think they're immortal, and yeah. it's crazy. Sometimes I'm flabbergasted at some of the hits that take place in American football because players just run and jump and throw themselves oh. as a tackle. That's not a real tackle. A tackle is getting there, <laughs> grabbing them, and pulling yeah. them down, Wrap wrapping them up. them up, and pulling them down. But instead, you have so much armor on you that you can run and just throw yourself and knock them over. Right. Well, so those are my reasons. That's uh, that's why uh, that's why football sucks and why baseball is better. By Eric Walquist. Uh, I knew that you would rebut me, and so I, I thought that that would be a lively discussion, and I think I was right. <laughs> I, I think that went well. But NFL, king of sports. I do have to say that uh, uh, Major League Baseball, the perfect game. But I will say that your boy Leon Washington lit it up this week. I know. He's my favorite guy on the team. I know he is. And he totally <laughs> used the reason why the, the way the CX were even in the game at all. So I know. Big ups but to Washington from Seattle, Washington. Seahawks do what Seahawks do. That's true, man. So uh, so that's about it. We want to let you know how you can get in touch with us. Uh, you can always write us an email, like we said earlier, personalerrogates at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Personal Podcast. You can go, please go to the Bald Move, uh, to the Bald Move Facebook page. You can like us and comment on our post there. You can go to baldmove.com and comment on us there. Uh, you could give us a call and leave us a voicemail at 360-362-0024. Um, and, uh, and ball move. I mean, breaking, breaking bad. The mid season has happened. Um, they just had a great podcast, uh, recapping and predicting what the future of Walter White will be. Um, but the watching dead is going to be starting up here in just a couple weeks. So please keep your eyes peeled, your ears to the ground for more TV podcasts from bald move. And Jesse, what is your first recommendation this week? Uh, well, my first recommendation is going to be a movie, and I do, before I get to it, I want to say this is going to be all the football talk for this entire season, more or less, so 
Don't write some, us any emails requesting yeah. less football talk. It's going to happen. There might be some anecdotal stuff at the beginning of the class. Right. But we, we've gotten the football out of our system. Yes. It's one of the slices in our nerd pie, and uh, we, we've we've devoured it. <laughs> yes. So moving it's delicious. on. Um, both of my recommendations are going to be based off of movies I've streamed off of Netflix recently. My first one, you may be surprised that I have never seen this before. First time watching this movie, The Terminator. Oh, really? Yeah, right? Yeah. Know what my big takeaway was? What's that? A lot of these actors are in Aliens. That's weird. <laughs> oh, wait, James Cameron. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but really good movie. I liked it a lot. Pretty good movie. I'm like 35 years late, but pretty good movie. <laughs> well, Watch first... it on Netflix. All right. Well, my first recommendation this week is also going to be a movie. Uh, this is a movie that we rented on Zoom. It's called The Five-Year Engagement. Actually really funny. It came out earlier this year starring Emily Blunt and Jason Segel. And uh, just so you know what I am, you know how big a fan I am of the Thursday night NBC comedies. This movie uh-huh. has a character from each of those TV shows in it. <laughs> it's absolutely great. It has Annie from Community. It has Andy from Parks and Recreation. Uh, it's got um, Mindy Kaling uh, from The Office. And then it has Dr. Spichemin himself. Nice. Uh, from 30 Rock. It's great. I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. And, uh, I feel like it's kind of a movie that slipped past a lot of people. I think it's totally a rent, and you will not be disappointed if you rent it. Is it a rom-com? Yeah, it's a rom-com. But it's, it's there, a good one. I have a soft spot in my heart for a good rom-com. It's like, a, it's like in the, it's written by Jason Siegel, so it's in the vein of like a forgetting Sarah Marshall. Uh-huh. It's, it's a very, it's really funny, and it's good. Jason Siegel's great. great in it. What's your Rom-coms are great. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I just love them. Yeah. They're so good for watching with your girlfriend. <laughs> I think anyway. that's exactly what they're good for. That's exactly what they're made for. Yeah. Anyway. So my second movie, you can get it on Netflix, instant streaming, Super 8, really good movie. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that good? I liked it. I thought it was, I don't think they should have showed the alien. I Spoiler alert, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> <laughs> It looked it looked like the monster from Cloverfield, and that was uh, I don't know I just I'm not a big fan of J.J. Abrams' alien creation. He uses the same types of aliens like from in Cloverfield. It was the same type of thing that was Star Trek. They all look very similar, and I don't think they should have shown his face. I feel like it would have been better if they took a little bit of a Jaws thing. I know it's an homage to the Spielberg movies. Uh, of the 80s and early 90s, why don't they take a note from his book and not show the alien? Well, Eric, regardless, it's a very good movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. I liked it a lot. It's a good movie. It's It's a a Goonies-esque romp. It's a good one. I like it. Yeah. Um, And then my uh, segmentation this week is not going to be a movie. It's going to be what I ate for dinner tonight. It's a little creation that I came up with. Uh, It's called Steak and Cake. This is I don't know if I've ever told you about my combo creation, but go ahead with yours. I'll tell you mine after. Well, people may know this, may not. My birthday is tomorrow, and happy birthday, my sister. Thank you. My sister's birthday is on Friday, so our birthdays are a day apart. Uh, we uh, we always celebrate our birthdays together. We've been doing it since we were little kids. So last night we had a steak dinner with cake and everything. Tonight was the leftovers. So I just had steak and cake. I ate the steak with the cake on the plate, and then I ate the cake afterward, and it was delicious, and I'm a free American, and I could do this. That's great. Yeah. My my combination that I'm I'm super proud of, in, in the vein of filet mignon, but you don't have to cook it that way, steak mm-hmm. and bacon. Oh, steak and bacon's good. Any, yes. any type, when you're mixing species uh, in meat, I, I just think the more spe- species better. Like, I would love to make a, something called a Noah's Ark, and you got, like, <laughs> venison, turkey, chicken, bacon, beef, buffalo, lamb, lamb buffalo. goat, maybe some goat cheese, and then eggs. <laughs> All in it. one. Noah's Ark. And cake. I love it. But you know what was also on the Ark? Human. Well, if you have the hunger, go for it, I guess. <laughs> um this is uh, well. This is a topic for another time. 
cannibalism. <laughs> cannibalism. Well, I always wonder, like, if you're in a situation where you're completely starving, would you ever get to the point where you, like, cut your arm and ate your own meat? Yeah, eat part of yourself. Right. I don't think so, because I feel like by that point, I would have been, like, so atrophied. Yeah. And, like, so emaciated that I wouldn't have any nourishment left on my bones. Well, I don't know. These are the things that come up when you play Oregon Trail on Mac. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for listening this week. We'll be back next week with a full chock full bursting episode of the Personal Arrogance Podcast. Please keep in touch with us. Uh, please check out ballmove.com. Uh, that's it for this week. So please remember that wherever you go and whatever you do, please stay, stay arrogant. arrogant.